This episode of the Behind the Mask podcast is sponsored by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you know you're getting a real deal. Whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gym, or sneakers and streetwear that make every step feel fly. Remember that first style piece or luxury item you just had to have? How did it make you feel when you finally got it? These days, to know for sure you're getting the real deal, go straight to eBay. When you're searching, just look for that blue check mark. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. That means when you buy it, you can be confident that it's authenticated by real experts. Why is this the new way to shop? eBay is where you can find rare, limited-run pieces and special colorways you can no longer find in stores. Listen, when you're finally ready to buy that thing you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. They're everywhere, and it's real tough to tell the difference for yourself. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, that's easy. So again, look for the blue check mark. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling you get when you put it on is also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know, in today's world... It seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for any unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you will feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Behind the mask. What up, my boy? What's good, family? Another day in paradise. You know what it is. Yeah, I bet I do know what it is, man. If it's, it's top of the new year, right? Yeah, top of the new year. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do, man. I see it. And we come in here top of the new year. We got new gear on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm talking you know. about you. What? Wearing that old uh, Miss shirt on. <laughs> Why you gotta come in here wearing an old Miss shirt? It's man. Old Miss, man. You ain't never came on, on set wearing Listen, an old Miss shirt. Gotta represent for old Miss, you know what I'm saying? We closed out the year strong, 2023 strong, closed it out with the win over Penn State at the Peach Bowl. Lavar Arrington, Brandon Shaw, Shafi Fields. Y'all know what it is. We are Ole Miss, not we are Penn State. This is what we do, baby. Shots what are the, fire. Shots fire. Shot, L.A., though, we did call you after the game trying to hang out. <laughs> LeVar dipped. LeVar, you ain't give us no love, dog. LeVar said, I'm on the plane. He got back up out of it. He just skipped town. We had it all set up for him to hang out. He just skipped town, man. But, yo, just, you know, show a little love to Ole Miss. What we doing? The Grove Collective. You know what it is. Beat Auburn. Beat Penn State. Feeling real good how we ended 2023, man. One of the best teams in the country. Speaking of one of the best teams in the country, I'm going to move on from that <laughs> because we finished up the year and we speaking of the best of the best. Facts. Let's Facts. move this thing on to the superlatives of the NFL. It's time to reward the guys yeah. with the BTM gold. That's right. Facts, facts, man. We so, got to give them the behind the mask stamp of approval. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. MVP coach of the year. Mm -hmm. Offensive rookie of the year. Defensive everything, man. Everything, man. Facts, facts. So I think we start off with the with the big one, the MVP. Kind of went back and forth on this one a little bit. Several players definitely deserving. But for me, bro, the BTM award goes to none other than quarterback from the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. You just you you're not gonna even give the audience any foreplay. Like, listen, we got Christian McCaffrey, we we, we got, got Tyreek Hill, Hill, the cheetah. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna tell you why I think out of all of those amazing players, Lamar gets the MVP. <clears throat> Started off in the offseason last year, 
coming off an injury. Little yep. contract dispute. You know, he wanted the bag. So many teams in the NFL had the opportunity to sign a former MVP, a proven winner at the quarterback position, but they all said what? Ah, we don't know if he can make it through a full season. Is this somebody we want to invest all they this money give up. In? They didn't want to give up on they, that franchise. They didn't want to give up that, that, the bag, the tag, you know what I'm saying? But when I the see picks. what... The picks, right. What I see, what Lamar Jackson has done this year. Stayed healthy, number one, right? Got yep. the Baltimore Ravens galvanized to do what, Spikes? Number one seed in the AFC. Okay, you know okay. What I'm Killing it over 3,600 yards passing, which is a career high, might I add. Oh. Almost 1,000 uh, yards rushing, a little over 800. Took care of the ball. Got sacked a lot, don't get me wrong. Still took care of the ball for the most part. And so many of you naysayers. <laughs> Not the naysayers. Said that LeVar Jackson couldn't do it. Said he wasn't quarterbacky enough, right? Said he wasn't the, the pocket passer, but he's shown that he can stay in the pocket, actually get the ball down the field, use his legs when need be, make defenses look foolish over and over and over again. Lamar Jackson, my MVP, number one seed, and in my opinion, Spikes, I think he has the Ravens in position to go on that Super Bowl run. I have the Ravens coming out of the AFC. That's my early BTM pick. Yeah. That's what I'm going with, bro. Get in line because I think a lot of people have been <laughs> picked to go on that, that big run in the AFC, especially after they went out and dismantled the, my 49ers. Yeah, yeah. That one hurt too now. Good God almighty, it hurt. And then what, what did you see from a Lamar Jackson this season and against the 49ers <clears throat> to where he's such a tough quarterback to defend? For me, Lamar's obviously, he's not a rookie. He's not even second, third year player. He's at a point now to where his game is starting to elevate even more. Mm. I go back to this offseason, as you did, and I look at who did they bring to help elevate his game. Offensive coordinator Todd Munkin came from Georgia. The ability for him to create an offense around the type of talent that they have. He already knew he had Lamar. They went out and got Zay Flowers. Mm -hmm. Also went out and got OBJ. Right. Uh, had a strong running game already. Mark Andrews, the tight end, he was already there. So all of the pieces of the puzzle was in place, but what Todd Munkin did was find ways, creative ways, to be able to not only run the football effectively, which they did already, but he made Lamar Jackson the owner of the offense by giving him the ability to change plays, mm -hmm. what we also know as audibles. Right. It also gives him the ability, before you even call a play, Lamar, on Monday, what do you like, son? Mm -hmm. What you like to run? What, what do you like? And who do you like to highlight this week? And that's something, like, we hear the input comes in from the OC to the quarterback. But that's something that he took ownership of. So when I see Lamar Jackson's game, that's something that has really taken off because he has embraced it. Yeah. And for me, the big part of his game, Lamar, he can throw. He can run. We all know him as a magnificent runner who was very elusive. Yeah. But the thing for me when you watch the tape is his ability 
to say, you know what? I know I can run, but I'm going to play the, the yo-yo string with you as a defender. You think I'm going to run as soon as I take off. Immediately as a defensive player, man, I ain't caring about no coverage. Abort coverage. Yeah. I'm coming after him. And he toys with people so much, as he did against the 49ers a few weeks ago, and lit them up, not just rushing the football. He didn't light them up rushing the football. He broke out of the pocket, bought time, allowed receivers to uncover. And I think that's one of the best parts of his game. And also recognizing it ain't time for me to take over yet. Right. I'll let you know when it's Lamar time because he'll get everybody else involved. And when it's time for him to do it, he'll do it. One more play I want to bring to your attention. I've never seen a right-handed quarterback going back to a game another week ago or so. They played against Miami. He comes out of the pocket as if he's a left-handed thrower. Mm -hmm. Then flips his hips and hits Zay Flowers for like over a, a 60-yard bomb. Yeah, I remember that. I've never seen it. And just to give you some perspective, as a defensive back linebacker, if he's looking at one side of the field, initially in your mind, you're like, there's no way he's going to have time to flip over. You ain't thinking about it. He's a right-handed quarterback, so it's something new he's showing you. Right. But the ability to show something new on the field to make you pause for a second, and then he gets back to his regular normal character and then eats you up for a long touchdown, give that man the MVP. Give him his flowers. Give him his flowers. Give it Facts. to him. Facts. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, man. MVP. So for all you funny style naysayers. Naysayers. <laughs> don't ever doubt Lamar Jackson, bro. Salute. And, and you brought up a few other players that very well could have been an MVP. In the MVP conversation as well. Tyreek Hill is one of them. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. I know you're a, home, you're a 49ers guy too. I'm man. just so, telling you what I see, coach. So I am you, a 49ers fan. So let's go, let's go to the superlative offensive player of the year. Between Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. I think who, you, who you going with? You gotta do me like this. I'll tell you who I'm going with. I'm gonna tell you who I'm going with. Go ahead. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. Of course. The reason why is because he's the type of player he can hurt you in so many ways. Look at his stat line. He leads the NFL in all-purpose yards. He leads the NFL in total touchdowns. Also leads the, um, leads the league in rushing. Mm -hmm. So when you look at who he is and what he brings to the table, of course, he's a triple threat. Okay. He can do it all. And what makes him so much better than everybody else, not just his talent, but the ability for Kyle Shanahan to put him in so many positions and allow his talent to be distributed all over the field. You can align him in the slot. Mm -hmm. And typically, oh, linebacker versus a running back, it's a mismatch. He's eating DBs up too. That's what he does. Can't deny it. Can't deny it. So for me, he really could be in the running for the most valuable player who we just yeah. gave it to Lamar. But bottom line is, Lamar dusted them off, and I think they kind of killed everybody's hopes. Brock Purdy was in the conversation. That was pretty much over. I like Christian McCaffrey because of his ability to do so many things, so many ordinary things, extraordinary. Right. You pick up on that? I feel, I feel you. Extraordinary. I'm picking up what you're Extraordinary. 
I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, so okay. I, I like him for offensive player of the year. See, I like Tyree Hill too, though. Listen, man, but the I cheater, do. bro, the cheater. Every week of this season, the cheater has been on somebody's highlight. Think about it. Every week, to the point where he got people taking pictures of him on the sideline after he scores a touchdown, and the league is kicking them off the sideline, revoking their passes, bro. Remember that right. earlier in the season? Yeah. The guy is fantastic. Over 1,700 yards receiving, finished no worse than top two in all the major receiver stat mm. categories. And he was going for 2K this year, too. going for 2, 2K until he got hurt. He got banged up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I think he only missed one game this season. Yeah. But still, with that, only finished no less than second in all the top receiver categories. Receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and yards per game. Like, for a receiver of his caliber, smaller stature receiver, but that quickness, bro. I mean, we, we went back and forth quite a bit on this one. My vote was for Tyreek Hill. But to your point, McCaffrey can affect you in different ways out of the backfield. Uh, like you said, leading the league in rushing and able to catch the ball out of the backfield uh, reception. So, you know, I, I can't knock it. I'm, I'm not hating. And I see your face scrunching up, bro. You got to relax. I'm just saying Tyreek Hill has a strong argument for offensive player of the year. That's all I'm saying. He does. He does. And I like to think about this. I don't just go off of stats. Fact. You and I, we neither one of us go off of stats. That is a, a, a huge precursor to what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the floor of, game, floor of the game, what shows up when you see Tyreek Hill? Before you even say touchdowns and big catches, I see scared defensive backs mm -hmm. coming out of that backpedal, typically three to five yards early before they would do it any other time. They got it made up in their mind. I don't care what you catch in front of me. There's no way in hell I'm going to let you get, get behind, behind. <laughs> Now, in this where he eats them up, he catch a little hitch or he catches a slant, same type of style of offense as the 49ers, the old school run and shoot, the West Coast offense, get it to your playmakers and let them run. When he gets the ball and he's going in full speed, his full speed, bro, it's like, the Jetsons full speed. It's like time warp full speed. And guys can't catch him. Yeah. And so he is more than worthy, dog. And, you know, it's, it's one of them players out there you look at and you can't even get mad at your DV because it's like, man, can you put some hands on him? Yeah, but you don't want him to put hands on him because as soon as he miss, he's gone. And then he's one-on-one -on -one with the safety. Then he's one-on-one. Then he don't outrun the safety too. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Every time. So, yeah, man, so, like, he's definitely is a game changer and one of those guys that, as a defensive coordinator, when you line up every play, you can say, well, I want to have six in the box, seven in the box, but you better have at least two guys understanding and knowing where Tyreek Hill is at every time. Right, and that's why the Dolphins were so uh, potent on offense this year because if you do put two guys back on Tyreek Hill, lighten up the box a little bit, most of you cutting through, Busting you for a 30, 40, 50 yard game, too. So easily. Like, yeah. That was, that was... Also, Waddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waddle coming through. So he got the owner up there in the stands doing the Waddle. So, yeah. Yeah, we on the same page. Okay. Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to switch to your side of the ball now. Defensive player of the year. Let's go to defensive player. Because of the year. I, this particular category was so uh, tight for me because. Defensive player of the year are, are game changers, right? Guys that can impact the ball, impact the game, I should say, on third down. Right. That means sacks, QB pressures, or interceptions on third down. That's right. And it was so tight at the top when it came to sacks. I think of 
Khalil Mack, uh, Miles Garrett. Um, Khalil Mack had what six? About 16, 16 sacks. And like right that. now he got yeah. sixteen sacks. Yeah, man, Miles Garrett like fourteen. These guys definitely game changers. You always say when you scared, your heartbeat sound like Sasquatch feet. <laughs> Offensive lineman shaking. But there was one player in particular. And I, and I add to you because you are the defensive aficionado of Behind the Mask podcast. No lies in the lounge. No lies in the lounge. So Thank I you, fall sir. Back. Thank you we for didn't that say, acknowledgement. As great as Miles Garrett is, as great as Khalil Mack is, some of the other guys up there, we gave it to somebody else, man. We did. And that somebody else goes by the name of T.J. Watt. Straight dog. Beasting. The hell with Behind the Mask. He in front of the mask on every play. <laughs> Bro, tough. listen, this was a tough one. We both looked at Miles Garrett, and this going back several months ago, we were like, when Deshaun Watson left, we thought, oh, well, number one defense in the league, there is no way mm -hmm. that these guys can keep this pace up. And they did. Miles Garrett, super strong, mm -hmm. real flexible coming off the end. And when I looked at him, I was thinking, Oh, this dude, he is the real deal. Right. And, like, we've already known that. The proof is in the pudding from previous years. But, bro, the thing that really stuck out to me was after they went through quarterback changes, brought up other people, he still played well, mm -hmm. and he still provided pressure even though he went a month without getting a sack. Mm -hmm. And I want to clearly state this. A lot of people just feel like, well, he ain't had a sack in several weeks. Well, you know what? He missed him. He missed at least six, but other people got him. Because yeah, he got and, the pressure. Yeah, he got the pressure. But I want to tell you about this other guy, like, who is just dominant. He a fool. That boy, T.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. T.J. Watt is a fool with it, bro. What you like about him, Coach? I love T.J. Watt's ability. He plays both. So, like, we put a lot of stock, rightfully so, when it comes to third down, getting sacked, get mm -hmm. off the field. Trifecta. Sack, cause, fumble, recovered fumble. T.J. Watt is a guy who checks off every box on the stat sheet. What he doesn't get enough credit for is being able to play the run and also play the pass at a high level. And the thing about T.J. Watt is once he gets to the quarterback, he's going to make that quarterback have a fumble. Four forced fumbles, three recovered fumbles, he also got an interception. And this is the most impressive thing to me about T.J. Watt. He's strong. He's explosive. He can bend the corner. He can beat double teams. The most impressive thing about him, they are the 22-ranked defensive unit in the National Football League. Steelers. The Steelers. And he's still putting up numbers like this. Yeah, he balling. 17 sacks currently. And the numbers that he put up, basically he's the only dude that can really affect or make some type of make some type of effect happen up front. Yeah. And they still can't stop him. Yeah. And what who put me on the game to it was my OG Willie Anderson. Mm -hmm. Me and him was talking about him and Bosa. Nick Bosa. And he was like, Spikes, you checked him out. I was like, man, I really haven't seen a lot of him lately just because I'm watching my West Coast games. And he was like, fool, you need to check him out. Yeah. I go back, I pick up the old the cowboy column, looking at all of the tape. I'm like, damn. And I'm telling you, 
Him playing the run is dumb, man. So when you talk about an all-around player who's playing on the 22nd-ranked defensive unit and he's still putting up numbers the way that he is, and it's not his fault his offense isn't being productive. Yeah. He's doing his job. I got to give it to him. And I love Miles. Listen, I think Miles Garrett is a gem. Yeah. He is a gem. They're some generational players, man. Yeah, they are generational players. But oftentimes we see so many players become prey or fall victim to the politics of the game. Oh, well, you guys are not winning. Well, your defense is not the number one defense in the NFL. Man, that 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 shit don't even matter. Like, when you turn that tape on, who do you say we got to stop? We got to get more than a hat on this guy right here because he is disruptive. If we don't, he's going to stop the flow of what we do. And that's T.J. Watt. Facts, facts. Won a defensive player of the year a few years ago. Yep. We booking on it again. So if y'all betting people, make sure you bet T.J. Watt, defensive player of the year, because the kill spike says so. <laughs> Better know it. TKO approved. TKO approved. Say less, say less. All right, the next category we got, the young pups. Rookies that made a splash this year, and there were quite a few. Yeah. We got... Bijan Robinson with the Falcons. We got yep. the Rams receiver. Get it right. Puka Nakua. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. You know yeah. What I said? Over 1,400 receiving yards, over That's 100 crazy, receptions bro. as a, a rookie. But there was one rookie that stood out, led his team the entire year, partnered with the rookie head coach, our boy D'Amico Ryans. Who would that might be? C.J. Stroud. Former guest on the Behind the Mask podcast. That's right. Did his thing this year. Top 10 in passing yards, over 3,800 passing yards as a rookie. Kept the interceptions down. Only five interceptions, over 20 touchdowns. That's impressive. And How you, many? 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Ooh. Now, you know, as a rookie, one of the things that they struggle with is reading defenses. And when you see a rookie out there, you start licking your chops as a linebacker. You're like, oh. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to give it away. He's going to find, he's going to keep his eyes on that receiver coming across the middle. Yeah. I'm going to jump the route, get me a pick six. You've done it before. I've seen it, but not C.J. Stroud. Solid, consistent throughout the year, poised as a rookie. Didn't see him get rattled. That's huge. Isn't it, though? Huge. From a Big, one of his biggest traits. Poised as a rookie. And the thing I liked about C.J. Stroud, what he told us before he got drafted, on the show last year, he said that he was made for this. Football is more than a game. It saved his life. Mm. And damn it, that man out there playing like his life on the line because he's playing damn good this year. And he's playing like his life is on the line. On the right? line, man. So salute to C.J. Stroud, BTM's rookie of the year. I mean, when you see a rookie like C.J., what he's being able to do, Spice, what sticks out to you, man? You talk about his poise, him being poised. That's one thing. I think the other thing is also knowing where to go with the ball pre-snap. Pre-snap analysis is everything in the NFL. When, before you even snap the ball, you have to get to the line of scrimmage and be able to diagnose exactly what you see and then have an idea, okay, if this happened, then that's where I'm going to go. But mm -hmm. if this happened, this is where I'm going to go. He's mastered that within his first year. Pre-snap evaluation is mm -hmm. second to none. Another thing is his anticipation on his throws especially going across the middle. Yeah. I was very impressed with how he anticipates when his receiver is going to break open. And then also his accuracy. You have to be accurate when you're throwing the football across the middle. Mm -hmm. Why? Because 
if you throw it behind or if you throw it too low or you throw it in a place to where it can get tipped, chances are that ball is going to be intercepted. I love his touch on his footballs when he's throwing down the field, especially in tight areas. Mm. That shows up on the corner routes. That shows up most of the time when he's going on the outside, like by out of bounds. Those are the things, bro, that that really stand out to me. And going back to the first thing you said, him being poised. He's never rattled or at least like he appears to be right. never rattled, but he always have a cool, calm, collect demeanor about him, but he's always ready to go on the next snap. And his enthusiasm for the game, as you stated, he's playing like if his life is on the line because football saved his life. Bro, it, 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 he exemplifies that. Yeah. And, and I, I think the perfect match for him could not have been a better coach compared to D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. I love that D'Amico came in and he brought some pieces of the puzzles around it. Mm-hmm. You know, just some veteran leadership on the offensive line, also in the wide receiver room. Dalton Schultz, I'm thinking about on, from the tight end perspective. He brought all of these guys around him to kind of speed up the learning curve and, and help him realize, hey, you ain't got to come in here and do it all by yourself. Yeah. Even though we know... You eventually going to have the biggest paycheck one day, but you ain't got to carry the load like that. We got you. Yeah. And you know the, the quarterback is always tied to the head coach. Yep. Especially when it's a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. So, I mean, D'Amico's off to a great start with the Houston Texans, and uh, C.J. Stroud is off to a great start in his career. So, salute, C.J. Got to get you back on Behind the Mask Podcast, Rookie of the Year, man. Got to. Did his thing. Did his thing. Salute, salute. couple categories left. This one was tough, too. Kind of went back and forth. Comeback player of the year. Two guys that really stuck out to us. Um, DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo Bill. Yep. We all know what happened to him last year. Um, and Joe Flacco, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Joe Cool. Guy that was on the couch like we are <laughs> in the BTM lounge chilling. But um, we had to give it to Joe Flacco, man. Comeback player of the year. Yeah. 2023. You know, that was a difficult one, but I think what stood out to me for Joe Flacco was it wasn't like he had to change the culture of the Cleveland Browns. It wasn't like he had to come in and actually recreate the wheel. He fit in and did what was asked of him, which was pretty much manage what he had. Not saying that's a bad thing, but he had to make sure that that tough defense that we just talked about with Miles Garrett and those guys in the back end, that he just got his offense in position to win. And it was difficult coming in with, what, six games left in the, in the season? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Taking the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, man. And the thing that stood out to me, what he's done in December. Remember, Spikes, we always say, they remember what you do in December. Facts. Right? Facts. Didn't play the last game of the season. Wasn't no need because Cleveland locked up the fifth spot in the playoffs. But... He had as many yards passing this season in December. Damn it, and he had the whole time his three year, uh, three year tenure with the Jets. Yeah. So in three seasons, he was able to amass those yards in five weeks. That's that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Also, to that, he goes down in history as one of the five quarterbacks to amass the most passing yards mm. in a five game span. Yeah. So, 
Like, I don't know what the hell he was doing on the couch or what he was drinking. I know they said he was out there throwing with the kids in between time, <laughs> not sure or not knowing if he was coming back. But Joe Flacco, I want some of that. You know what I'm saying? I might can get in there and get me a check or two. I don't know, man. I don't know about all of nah, that. Nah, I can't. Five, six games? Nah. nah my back ain't Five, six snaps. <laughs> it ain't gonna hold up, bro, but... I appreciate what Flacco brings to the table, man. They lose their starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Go through two other quarterbacks after that, mm. a carousel of quarterbacks. And, you know, you lose several players on the offensive side. And it's like, yet and still, the only bright spot that you had to look at is your defense. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they kept you in all of the games. And... By the way, they were ranked the number one defense the entire year. Yeah. So when I talk about Joe Flacco, I thought he played this year after coming in to the strengths of the team. And he came in playing from what I saw. I don't have to be the guy. I just don't need to mess it up. Facts, facts. And I just need to convert when it's time to convert. And I thought Joe Flacco did a marvelous job of doing that. For me, the game that really stood out, he came in, had success, won a game, won another game, won another game, lost one game. Then coming back, playing against the Jets. Mm -hmm. Jets a top five defense. Mm -hmm. Joe Flacco lit him up for 323 yards, annihilated him, hung 37 points on the Jets. Top five defense in the league now. And ultimately, got his team to an 11-5 and five record. Mm -hmm. And for a quarterback who hasn't been in the rut of the grind week in and week out, and for him to come out and still be so productive week in and week out, I listen, man, I take my hat off to you, Flacco. Facts, facts. Straight up. I take my hat off to you because that's impressive, and that's yeah. hard as hell to be able to do. And I know we talked about DeMar Hamlin. Um knowing the catastrophe that he went through last year on the field, no pulse. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it, that's a win by itself that's, just living. That's a life win. That's a life win, yeah. you know what I mean? So bottom line, like Joe Flacco, when you look at his body of work and what he's been able to do to make it sustainable so they can go into the playoffs, he really put the organization, not really just the Cleveland Browns, but all of the other teams, like, Wow, should we really look at considering getting Joe Flacco next year? Right, and and it may not be for a start starting position, but for some teams who need a stopgap until their quarterback gets ready, I like him for the idea of being in Carolina. Yeah, for Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. Just as insurance, you know, he still got something left in the tank. He got something left in the tank. He gonna get at least ten mil a year, at least. So. Yeah. We talked, As a backup. And we talked about the backup quarterback, the importance of the backup quarterback. And, in, a, in a few yeah, episodes ago. So yeah. looking at this man, Joe Flacco definitely deserves the, the comeback player of the year. Facts, facts. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. And salute to Flacco, salute to the Browns. Reigniting football in Cleveland because it's been quite some time since they made the postseason, brother. Quite so. some time. It has. It's been agony. It's been tough up there in <laughs> Cleveland. Word, man. And and obviously the last one, tying with the Cleveland Browns, coach of the year. Um, another one we kind of went back and forth with. But 
We gave it to Cleveland Browns coach Kevin Stefanski. I mean, we like D'Amico Ryan's. Love D'Amico Ryan's. Love That's him. my guy. That's my guy. Loved him. People don't understand how hard it is. They don't want to give defensive coordinators the head coaching titles anyway. Facts. So for him to be able to come in as a DC defensive minded coach, mm -hmm. bring veterans to that team to help out a CJ Stroud, bring in great coaching staff that he came from mm -hmm. in San Francisco and really pick up where he left off from the same ideology of how they're going to run the structure of the offense, what they do on the defensive side. Also got the number one draft pick, Will Anderson. So, yeah. listen, he could have easily got it. But bottom line, we got to give that thing to Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, and one more thing on D'Amico Ryan's. This, as a rookie head yep. coach in the NFL, yep. everybody's excited during the beginning of the season. When you start off with a couple of losses, oh, they on you. They ready. Dumb, they say is, is on you. <laughs> and they want you to, they, they like, why did we pick him? Or we, like, to your point, we shouldn't have given it to a defensive coordinator. But one thing D'Amico does also from his playing days and as a former teammate of mine, he's a leader. He's a leader of men. And if he was able to do it in the locker room, it shows how he's still able to do it, to do it as a coach in the locker room. And one thing you cannot deny his first selection as a head coach, he drafted a franchise quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Regardless of what happened with him, C.J.'s proven he can do it. Yeah. So the Texans are in a good place moving forward. Now, for Kevin Stefanski, the reason why we gave it to him is just like, this man did more with, with so much less. I'm talking about you lose your starting running back. Well. Nick Chubb. You lose your starting quarterback. Yep. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Offensive linemen go down. Yep. Wide receivers go down. Amari Cooper went down. Elijah Moore went down. So many of your offensive weapons. And the reason I'm talking about offense is because you can't win if you can't score. So your offense, Facts. you're picking guys up off the street. You're rotating offensive linemen around. If two offensive linemen go down, the hardest thing to do as an offensive lineman is start to gel with other players. Because you've been through training camp, because you've been through the preseason, you're starting to gel as a unit. You're starting to know the tendencies of your guys, like, we don't have to call B block to you. We could be like, I'll be right here. Or, or, you know, just point. Something, you know, the tendencies, just simple things that go unnoticed. But now you're moving guys around, picking guys up off the street, off the couch like Joe Flacco. And still, along with Joe Flacco, along with Miles Garrett, along with that defense, able to get his guys into the playoffs. Keep them locked in. They didn't flinch. The culture was there. New culture in Cleveland, man. I mean, so much adversity, overcoming it. Coach of the year, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I I would like to say I'm a piggyback on that, but <laughs> shit, you took everything out of my mouth. Don't like how that sounds. Pause. <laughs> but. We almost made it through without. <laughs> I know. I almost made it through without a pause segment. But nah, though. Your, your star quarterback leave, mm. 230 million. Mm. Guaranteed offensive line in shambles. You lose your star running back. And my question to you, too, is if people don't agree with that, how many other teams can do that and still make it to the playoffs mm. before the end of the year? Facts. Facts. Like, they ain't going – they didn't have to go into week 17 saying, man, we really need to win mm -hmm. this game. Man, mm -hmm. they clinched before the season was over. Yep. 
And had a chance to rest Joe Flacco. <laughs> the old man could chill. He could go and sit on the couch <laughs> and throw, the couch for throw back a few. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that's It just shows the direction that the organization could be heading. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I like I like what I see. And, you know, I'm not, I'm still going with the Ravens. Obviously, number one seed in, in, in AOC and, and still in that uh in that north. Still going with them to make the longer playoff run. Gotcha. But you still got to salute what Coach Stefanski has done with the Cleveland Browns this year. Yeah. Amazing effort. Got to, man. I'm glad we kind of somewhat see eye to eye yeah. on our superlative. Because it's it's one thing to go off of the numbers, but it's another thing to actually have input on what you see. Right. And that's the true talent of, of being an analyst or being an observer, to hear the stories on not what he did to become that person, but how did he do it? Mm-hmm. And why did he do it? So... Cheers to that, man. So, salute to the boys for, for winning the BTM Award. That's right. The superlatives for 2023 NFL year. That's taking it behind the mask. It's out. Behind the mask.